Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs. August 1st, 2023 will mark the 75th anniversary of OSI's inception, and throughout the year, the command is commemorating the occasion based on the theme, Inspired by Our Past, OSI's Future Starts Today. And with me to discuss how the 3rd Field Investigations Region fits into that scenario is Region 3 Commander, Colonel Brian Alexander. Colonel, welcome to the program. Great to have you on board with us. Wayne, thanks for having me as your guest today. This is great. I'm excited to share a bit about uh, OSI Region 3, our pretty remarkable legacy, uh, some of our modern highlights and, and where some of our attention is today. Sounds great, sir. So let's dive right in, shall we? Uh, Region 3 was created back in June of 1992. How did that activation come to fruition? Hey, that, that's a great first question. You're right. Region 3 was activated on June 16th in 1992 uh, at Scott Air Force Base in Southern Illinois. And we're not far from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I could have been here for that. Uh, but but in June of 92, I was enjoying the summer mowing lawns, uh, listening to Pearl Jam's 10 album on a discman. I think I borrowed from my dad. <laughs> Good and choice. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, in fact, 92 was the year of some other interesting historical events. You know, America voted whether they wanted the young or old Elvis Presley uh, to be on the postage stamp. And for us locally, uh, just down the road in St. Louis, a guy climbed the gateway arch using suction cups and parachuted off the top of the arch. I, wow. I think he was uh, charged with a couple of misdemeanors. Okay. But, but, for our, <laughs> but for our Region 3 activation, it was part of a larger OSI effort, which saw our first major reorganization since OSI was first established uh, in 1948. In fact, uh, this reorganization effort mirrored a larger Air Force reorganization, downsizing uh, a transition to a smaller force. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, was on the heels of the end of the Cold War and uh, after Desert Storm. And interestingly, uh, OSI's effort marked a pretty significant change from our traditional OSI structure. I see. Uh, we, redu- we reduced about 22% of the force, uh, and we were moving to functional lines versus geographic lines. So we moved away from being District 12, which focused on roughly a five-state area of the Midwestern United States, to Region 3. Uh-huh. So under the so under the new construct, OSI's 16 district, district offices uh, were replaced by seven field investigations regions. And Wayne, this is what we we still have today. Right. Uh, and, e- and each new region was aligned in support of a specific Air Force major command and its operational responsibilities. So Region 3 was activated in support of Air Mobility Command, or AMC. And since then, we've also added uh, the Air Force District of Washington. So our Region 3 portfolio today is not just in supporting AMC, but AMC and all those Air Force installations across the National Capital Region. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad it's designed this way. Uh, the new region construct removed a lot of the bureaucratic and organizational impediments that had been in place under those old uh, district offices. And, the more, and more decision-making was shifted down to the squadrons and the detachments. And this change in empowerment uh, also mirrored what the larger Air Force was doing. But I guess if you fast forward exactly 30 years later in uh, June of 2022, I, I was here. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, Wayne, I'm probably still listening to that same uh, Pearl Jam album while mowing my own lawn. <laughs> but thank you very much for the question. <laughs> Some things are pretty classic and never go away, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Colonel, as uh, the regional headquarters for all OSI units conducting criminal investigations, counterintelligence activities, and specialized investigative and counter-threat support for Air Force, uh, for Air Military Mobility Command, I should say, Region 3 also provides investigative services to Headquarters uh, Air Force at the Pentagon, uh, Headquarters U.S. Transportation Command, Headquarters U.S. Special Operations Command, and U.S. Uh, Central uh, Command. 
What challenges does that kind of diverse responsibility present for Region 3? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that question. I think the challenge is just as you characterized. We have a vast and diverse operations portfolio. And our responsibilities extend to support some of the Department of Defense's most uh, senior leaders. And, and to do this correctly, we take our guidance from policy that assigns the OSI as the executive agent to support these customers' admissions. So we have OSI detachments and OSI special agents that are specifically aligned to provide that servicing support. And, and they're exceptional. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is focused on counterintelligence. You, you identified the three combatant command headquarters that Region 3 directly supports. And for some context, that's 50% half, half of all the combatant command headquarters that OSI is charged to head the lead on. Uh -huh. And we also have lead responsibilities to support several defense agencies in the national capital region. And that's a lot of responsibility that our field leaders have. And they excel in it every single day. Right. You know, so, so while you asked about the challenge of it, I would say we've actually turned that into really great opportunities. When we have a mantra in Region 3, and it's to trust, empower, listen, and elevate. And the only way for us to be successful in doing our work each day is to follow that mantra. And all those headquarters are a big deal. Uh, and, the, and the speed of information moves at a dizzying pace, I can, I, I can tell you. Sure. So we, so we have success hourly uh, in each of these high visibility locations because we know that trust is the foundation for that open communication. And, and when we collaborate in a trusting way, that leads to clarity and transparency. So, so we trust our field leaders to engage and communicate with their senior customers. And I also know that I'm, I'm not the only decision maker. Uh -huh. So everyone, everyone in Region 3 will make varying mission-related decisions. In fact, we encourage our people to not wait on me to take action. You're empowered to make well-informed and sound uh, decisions or judgments appropriate to your responsibility level. Yeah. And we listen. Because we believe teamwork in Region 3 encourages diverse thought, inclusion, and open dialogue. So Wayne, our, our success is collective uh, and it reflects our commitment to celebrating our differences, our experiences, uh, and our perspectives. And we elevate our people knowing that their talent and performance will always protect the organization's best interest. And when we take all of that together, uh, we're able to meet the challenges and opportunities that come uh, with those diverse responsibilities at Region 3. Quite a, quite a diverse responsibility, no doubt about that. Now, Colonel, with uh, Region 3 headquarters uh, at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, which is my home state, by the way, thank you, its uh, geographical jurisdiction spans 23 field locations throughout the continental United States. What's been Region 3's key or keys to successfully operating with such a wide footprint as that? Well, I, I think I think that's probably the hardest question so far. But but let me let me try to give that a try. Okay. So those so those field locations are all aligned to sixteen uh, Region Three units across the United States from coast to coast. Mm -hmm. And I, as and as I've mentioned, um, you know we're aligned to support both AMC and AFDW. And Region Three has a squadron, the Seventh Field Investigation Squadron, and they're at Joint Base Andrews uh, near Washington D.C. And they oversee five detachments. That, that's nearly a third of our entire portfolio. We also have an OSI detachment at all AMC installations in our region and staff are headquartered here at Scott Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. so, so our key to successfully operating with such a wide footprint is that both our field units and our region staff, who are also fantastic, are both extensions of the same region commander. And each arm is supportive of the other. And I think of this with a constellation mindset. And this idea really resonated with me and inspired some of my thinking and approach. Uh -huh. And this comes from uh, Matthew Barzin, whose resume includes work in political campaigns. Uh, and he was the 
U.S. ambassador to the U.K. and Sweden. And in his book, The Power of Giving Away Power, he explores the idea of changing organizational structures from the more familiar pyramid to collaborative constellations. So it's the constellation mindset. It's about seeing yourself as a star and everyone around you as a star and how we make connections to do things more powerfully than if we can do that alone. And he explains that this is how Visa reimagines how we pay for things, uh -huh. how Wikipedia beat the richest company in the world. So you can so you can see everyone on your team as a star, which which we do. And when you pull all those talents and abilities together, you form the constellation, right? So tonight, when you look to the sky, you'll, you'll see a bunch of stars, but it's not until you connect them that you get to see Orion. Uh -huh. So you, you have to expect to need others. And I think that is so needed when you have such a wide footprint. And I first heard that uh, on a podcast like this, where uh, Simon Sinek interviewed Mr. Barson on a series called A Bit of Optimism. I, I think I ordered the book that same day. Okay. And we also stay connected by advancing our vision. And this is something that envisions that pursues a better state of affairs. So Wayne, it's not something that you can win uh, and it involves uh, flexibility to stay in the game. And for us, it's about making sure our video matches our audio. Mm -hmm. And it's about continually linking our special investigative talents to our customer requirements. And ours here uh, incorporates a great phrase uh, that I heard our former OSI commander, General Jacobson say. So our region three vision is to find information that no one else knows using skills that no one else has so that everyone connected to the Department of the Air Force feels safe. And it takes a constellation of decision makers, leaders and performers to work toward this, to get things done, uh, to have a detailed understanding of our profession, uh -huh. a tenacious follow through, uh, professionalizing your craft, which I talk about often, uh, and accountability. Right. So Wayne, our, our, I think our success comes from connecting everyone's talents, following through on our mantra, uh, working hard each day to communicate, accepting risk, uh, and keeping those senior leaders informed. And, and when we do this the right way, our footprint definitely feels smaller. I see. Colonel, uh, I know this uh, next question, you're going to have uh, a lot uh, of, uh, of input on this. Um, so let's get right to it. What are some of the mission milestones that Region 3 can reflect on that have defined its legacy? I'm sure the, the, law, the list is long and distinguished. Yeah, and, and that's a wonderful question. And, and yeah, I really appreciate you letting me share about this. So Region 3 has a deep and rich history. And, and we've been pretty influential through some uh, historic and defining times. And of course, there is no way that I'll be able to capture everything. And I know your listeners are going to certainly be able to help get me closer uh, to 100%. But I think I can offer some examples and stories uh, to get us started. So I, I quickly think of, of 1993. And today we have threat working groups all across the Air Force, the Space Force, and OSI. And I'll tell you how we contributed to getting that started. So in 1993... And for the newly formed Region 3, Special Agents Steve Curley, Dean Hinkle, and Jack Angelo set up our first counterintelligence element. And they were embedded with headquarters AMC and partnered with the Intelligence Directorate to establish AMC's threat working group. And over the years, uh, we've always been uh, the voice of reason in these groups. And I believe it largely started here in uh, 1993. You know, and, uh, and I think it's also important to talk about uh, AMC and the mentality that I believe they have. So in AMC... They have a crew mentality. It takes a team or crew to accomplish uh, the missions, heavy aircraft, tankers, right? They all have crews on like a single seat fighter jet. And we know, we know the value of tankers. Uh, it's the air bridge. It's what right. gives the Air Force its muscle. And Region 3 supports that mentality. And oftentimes, I think you'll find that OSI regions uh, are a reflection of the major command that they support. Mm -hmm. so, so think of AMC and Transcom. Uh, and Region 3 as functional commands. 
to support and be connected to all the geographic commanders. And it's a humble place uh, where you exist uh, to support the success of others. And when executing the, uh, the global mission, AMC aircraft will take off from here, but they'll always land in somebody else's area. Right. I think Region 3 does the same thing. So we have to trust in that information from other people, right? So, so trusting that, that, that network of OSI. Right. And as I, as I think of some other milestones, you know, following 9-11, uh, our engagement with AMC became uh, critical to getting OSI agents deployed. So at that time, uh, the OSI's anti-terrorism specialty team was in Texas, uh, and, but now well-suited at the time to get special agents on flights for our first engagements in Iraq and Afghanistan. Region 3 had a major involvement in this, and we were able to get OSI agents on the first military airplanes into those deployed areas. Uh -huh. uh, we were able to get agents to locations where AMC had aircraft far more quickly than the uh, anti-terrorism specialty team could. So Region 3 agents, we called them uh, Tulsi Riders, right. uh, were the first OSI personnel in Iraq at the beginning of the conflict. In fact, I think the, I think the first guy from Region 3, his name was Luke Tickner, uh, and he was embedded with the Army. You know, and, and I guess I, I also think about uh, after Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom, global mobility had to move all these people and equipment. Sure. So Region 3 and AMC had to support the requirements for these operations and develop procedures and tactics to protect those various platforms. Right. And then to safely enable the warfighter to then do it again. We had to support them to shift and continuously go in and out of combat environments, uh, and they did this without the loss of life. But that global mobility mission is not just isolated to support combat ops. You know, AMC delivers supplies, equipment, uh, and relief in and out of the United States. So I think of the uh, California wildfires in 2006 and 2007. I think of right. the floods in the Midwest in 2008, right. um, Hurricane Earl in 2010. Mm -hmm. And it really takes a flexible OSI special agent uh, to support these disaster relief uh, and air medical evacuation missions. And I, and I think if I were to fast forward a little bit, you know, I think I'd like to offer you one more. Sure. So in August of 2021, Operation Allies Refuge was, in, in broad strokes, the largest non-combatant evacuation airlift in U.S. history, larger than Vietnam, larger than any uh, effort like it during the Korean War or uh, World War II. And through the withdrawal from Afghanistan, airmen accomplished a remarkable feat uh, that brought over 124,000 people to safety and hope. And OSI contributed to this in, in many ways. So on, on August 25th, of 2021, the first Afghan evacuees arrived in New Jersey. And our Region 3 detachment there, DET-307, supported that effort. Uh, and that effort became known as uh, Joint Task Force Liberty, uh, and it supported Operation Allies Welcome. So, so from August 21 to February 21st of 2022, over 16,000 Afghans were supported by JTF Liberty. Yeah, And, and, and OSI and, and DET-307 brought law enforcement and counterintelligence teams together. And several uh, of our newer agents learned how to uh, work through translators for the very first time. You know, this is, this is pretty interesting. So one of our exceptional uh, OSI civilian agents shared with me that while at the Philadelphia airport, she was discussing with the Customs and Border Protection the process about how people were arriving. And the officers shared how they had to stop the escalators because too many Afghans were scared and uncomfortable using them. Wow. So understanding understanding that dark uh, difference in technology and culture really showed us how much we sometimes take things, I guess, for granted here in the United States. Right. You know, it really, and I think it also really makes you think how scary it must have been 
to have to flee your home and arrive in a foreign place where you don't understand most, much of what's going on. But, yeah. but we're very proud of Debt 307. They played an amazing role there. Uh, and we still benefit from many of the partnerships that we built during that time. You know, thank, thanks very much for that great question. No problem, Colonel. Now, uh, as I'm sure uh, you'll say, another great question is uh, my next one. Uh, who have some of the significant contributors been to Region 3's success throughout the years? And again, I'm sure the, the list is uh, long and distinguished. <laughs> okay, so this question worries me, and I definitely do not want to get this wrong. Okay. <laughs> so there, there's a long and distinguished list of, of significant contributors uh, to Region 3's success. And I'll do my best. Uh, I guess, to help pay tribute uh, to some of these titans. Sure. So so recently, I've been able to chat about our 75th anniversary with retired Colonel Rob Jaxey, who is our Region 3 commander from 2015 to 2018, uh, and Mr. Terry Phillips, who was our deputy director from 2006 to 2009. Uh, both are friends and mentors, and they they helped me quite a bit uh, with the memories that I'm able to share today. Sure. You know, I also mentioned a few huge uh, contributors already, I think. Dean Hinkle, Jack Angelo, and Steve Curley. And these gentlemen were early pioneers uh, of Region 3. Right. In fact, as I, as I spoke with, with others about our anniversary, time and again, Steve Curley's name came up. And there may not be another contributor so ingrained in our fabric and history uh, than Steve. So if he's listening, hey, Steve, thank you very much. There you go. Uh, and as I, as I quickly reflect on, uh, on the many years in the past, I also think of uh, Mr. Doug Thomas, who went on to be OSI's executive director. Uh, Colonel Tim Davis, who is a former Region 3 commander. And Chief Master Sergeant uh, Rich Miller, who was a former Region 3 superintendent. Sure. So not only were all these men key to Region 3 success, but all continued on be, beyond their time with us to be highly successful and influential in the OSI, uh, the Department of Defense, uh, and industry. Mm -hmm. They all they all helped shape who we are today, even, even as we continue to change over the years. You know, I, I, I also think of Tim Reese, uh, who has served at all levels uh, and is an OSI senior leader for several decades. Today, he leads our uh, large office and remarkable team out of Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, Larry Runk, who today is our director of criminal investigations uh, and has been with us since 2017. Right. And I think that there's nobody today uh, that has the reach and respect in and out of Region 3 uh, like Larry does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, you know, I'm not quite sure if we were to have a Mount Rushmore, who would be on Region 3's Mount Rushmore? But I, but I know for certain... <laughs> That, that one of the four spots, maybe alongside Steve Curley, uh, will always be reserved um, for the 7th FISC commander. Uh -huh. And there has never been a more powerful leader in the hourly success of Region 3 than that squadron commander, who leads nearly a third of our portfolio, oversees five detachments across the national capital region. Uh, but their responsibilities and impacts certainly extend far beyond the beltway. Uh, and that, that, that commander... Uh, is a trusted voice and advisor to countless senior leaders. In fact, Wayne, if, if, I'm not sure if you knew, uh, but that today of the of the seven OSI region commanders, three sitting region commanders have all held that position. Uh, oh. I think that's a pretty I think that's a pretty great legacy. Sure, that's, that's nearly half of OSI region leadership globally right wow. now. Very impressive. And there's a, yeah, and there's countless unsung heroes across our mission support teams too. You know, I think of uh, Steve Cosner, who was our director of staff for about 20 years, uh, many years ago, uh, and Lisa Goff, who led the administrative support at our Illinois detachment here for several decades. So, Wayne, I suppose for all of us, uh, I guess that I guess that using your talents and leaving a legacy is something we all desire to do. Right. And, and each member 
assigned to region three gets a chance to do this uh, and they all succeed in their own way. Right. I'm super proud to serve with each other. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks for letting me uh, talk about some of our great contributors. Yeah. One and one and all, they, they deserve the shout out. No doubt about that. Uh, Colonel, how has OSI benefited from the recent agreement between region three and air mobility command to establish OSI support to agile combat employment within AMC? Uh, thanks, Wayne. That's another great question. A complex question, but a good news story, I think. So for your listeners, I, I think it's best to start with, with some context. Right. So first, the president's national security strategy paints a picture of a highly complex environment. Global dynamics have shifted. Uh, the, the nature of competition has evolved. And every day, we lead OSI professionals to defend the nation, pursue justice, and find the truth. And we do this to help the, protect the responsible use of our nation's military when called upon. And our work helps advance and safeguard vital U.S. national interests by backstopping diplomacy and maintaining and gaining warfighting advantages. So, so like OSI Region 3, Air Mobility Command was also activated in June of 1992 with its headquarters here at Scott Air Force Base, just like us. Right. And AMC can respond anywhere in the world in a matter of hours. And they accomplished this through four core missionaries, airlift, air refueling, air mobility support, and aeromedical evacuation. And through AMC is also how the Air Force presents capability to U.S. Transportation Command, which is a warfighting command. Right. So AMC is a big deal. So this is not about the fighter jets. Rather, AMC is the strength and momentum in supporting things like strategic global mobility, logistics networks, supply chains, and lines of communication, and the delivery of mobility effects. Right. So now, Agile Combat Employment, or ACE, is the proactive and reactive scheme of maneuver in addressing threats. So that is uh, how a commander will raise forces to accomplish the mission. And it's designed to increase survivability while generating combat power in geographically dispersed locations. So ACE is simply a way that air power can shift from the large to smaller footprints to provide more options for commanders. Now, OSI and Region 3 have a very important role in this. Uh -huh. Each day, all across Region 3, uh, we're keeping pace and integrating our OSI capabilities and authorities in order to support AMC's worldwide mission and how they operationalize ACE. And I'm finding it to be a remarkable partnership. Uh -huh. So what OSI can bring in adaptive operations in ACE are some incredibly important contributions, like, like building um, relationships and trust with partners and allies and host nation police and security services, integrating into planning meetings and working groups, delivering counterintelligence support to force protection, collecting threat information. And, and when all of this comes together, OSI in ACE delivers to commanders threat intelligence and important information that characterizes the threat landscape. And this helps inform their decision-making. And AMC also sees our value in this and they've incorporated us into their thinking as well. And I think all of this further helps boost our readiness and expeditionary skills. Mm -hmm. so, so throughout AMC, as well as OSI support to uh, AFDW, OSI is a key partner to safeguard that joint force projection ensure strategic deterrence and, and protect no-fail missions. And we do this today. And it's, a, it's an exciting and important time to be in the OSI as we execute competition activities. And I think, I think the biggest benefit is that ACE is just one of many ways that AMC and OSI together uh, can help protect U.S. national interests. So that was a really timely and relevant question. So thank you. Well put, Colonel. Uh, sir, how would you characterize the future of Region 3? If you could look in your crystal ball a little bit here. I think, excuse me, I think if I were the president, um, 
uh, in early February, I would say the state of the Region 3 union is strong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so being in Region 3 is pretty exciting. So, uh, so first, what we're going to do is we're going to stay focused on our core mission areas because we're uniquely qualified to do that work. But for me, this gets back to what we discussed earlier about advancing our vision. So with this in mind, where does Region 3 go next? Uh, and I think about this every single day. Uh -huh. So what we're going to do is we're going to add some focused attention to a few areas. And we need to get to the level of personalization with our customers. And with that, I see us gaining strength in, in three particular areas. Uh -huh. And so, so here's where we're going to start. First, we already talked about ACE. And success is going to be significantly enhancing our readiness and informing senior leader decision-making. And we're already doing this. Second, we're working to advance ourselves in cyber investigations. So this includes active cyber awareness, increasing cyber fluency, uh, and pathfinder efforts at the OSI unit level. So I want to see OSI field units dynamically pursue anomalous and malicious cyber threats, uh -huh. identify and respond to information crimes on our networks, uh, and, and conduct cyber investigative activities and operations. So OSI specialists do this today, but, but I think we can too, uh, and we're already starting to have some success. And a third area is partner engagement. So building partnerships and relationships has always been uh, a core competency and strength of an OSI special agent. So if we're gonna, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna deliberately uh, capitalize on purposeful partnerships uh, uh -huh. to collaborate and on operational activity uh, and exchange methods to detect risks and vulnerabilities. So when and where we can, Region Three is gonna tackle these areas with uh, as a team uh, and with velocity. Uh -huh. And you know. Um, I think Jeff Bezos has a great perspective uh, uh, about being a domain expert and keeping a beginner's mindset. And, and I love this. Uh -huh. So even if you're not an expert in the beginning, you keep learning. Just, just don't get trapped by that knowledge. And when, and we need people to keep that beginner's mind, to look at things freshly, even though we may end up knowing so much in the area. And that energy will help us achieve the future we're trying to build here in Region 3. Because uh -huh. the world is the world's changing by the minute. Sure. Uh, and we've been charged to accelerate. Uh, we definitely cannot afford to lose uh, that, that beginner's mind. But I think uh, we also have to be flexible on the details that lets us advance what we want to do next, uh, which is another great uh, Bezos perspective. And I think, I think approaching it this way will help Region 3 find opportunities where others aren't looking, especially in ACE, cyber, and building trust and partnerships. And, uh, and it'll no doubt challenge us to innovate, think differently, uh, and turn our teams loose. Right. And just like our podcast title states, I think OSI's future does start today. Very well put. Now, Colonel, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you'd like to add about being part of OSI's 75th anniversary observance? Wayne, first off, thank you. And it's definitely been my uh, pleasure and privilege to help us celebrate OSI's 75th anniversary and pay tribute to this era. You know, recently, OSI Public Affairs highlighted Tech Sergeant Joe, uh, George Mosey on our various social media platforms. Uh, and on July 28th of 1948, Sergeant Mosey was one of OSI's first five. As a trailblazer, he helped pave the way for both of us. Uh, and this anniversary helped honor his legacy and the legacy for countless others. You know, I, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be with the OSI for over 20 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, and with each assignment uh, and with each person I've met, I know that everyone in the OSI is using their talents and, and leaving a legacy. And each person I've met is, is succeeding in doing this for sure. So the Department of the Air Force and OSI are definitely a better place uh, because of you, uh, because of Sergeant Mosey, uh, and everyone serving with us today. And I think that we can face the next 75 years with confidence 
knowing how strong of a foundation that everyone has helped us build. And, and maybe the best is yet to come. You know, I get ener energized each day watching uh, the success of those around me as they positively alter the landscape of our profession. You know, I, I, I chuckle because I bet Sergeant Mosley never imagined that after all these years, there would be a podcast celebrating what he helped create. And it's, <laughs> right. It, right? And, yeah. and it's also wild to think about how we're going to celebrate OSI's 150th anniversary, mm. you know, another 75 years from now. At that time, I, I, you know, I bet podcasts would probably be an old antiquated technology and we're probably going to be doing it with holograms or something. Uh, so I don't know. But, but Lane, thank you. And, I, and I'm glad uh, to help contribute to our celebration. So thanks again uh, and congratulations to OSI on its 75th anniversary. Our guest has been Colonel Brian Alexander, the commander of OSI's 3rd Field Investigations Region. Colonel, thanks again for taking the time to be with us. It was uh, tremendous to chat with you today. Oh, thank you very much. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.